If you're going to have long-term success as you adopt the new way of eating, you're going to need accountability. You're going to need support. You're going to need to take into consideration affordability and do what you can to make it affordable. You need to consider your lifestyle impacts, both positive and negative. But most importantly, you need to understand your why. You need to be doing this for the right reasons, not jumping on a fad. I'm your host, Brian Wells, and I'm a fourth-generation homesteader. Since 2008, my family and I have been homesteading here in beautiful upstate New York. In 2019, I launched the Homestead Journey podcast to help people just like you get started and find success on their journey towards self-sufficiency, self-reliance, and sustainability. This is the Homestead Journey, and this is Season 4. Hey there, everyone. This is season four. This is episode 147. And I got to tell you, folks, I am really, really enjoying this new intro music. And I know a lot of you are as well. I got a lot of positive feedback from that uh, this week. And so thank you so much for reaching out to me. I really, really appreciate it. My name is Brian Wells. I am coming to you from 3B Farm and Homestead here in beautiful upstate New York. And folks, it is so good to be back and sharing with you about homesteading here on the Homestead Journey podcast. Now, one other piece of feedback that I did get this week from people is that they have found the transition music to be a little bit on the jarring side. So I am going to switch things up today. I'm actually going to try a little bit of different transition music out and just let me know. Give me your feedback as to whether you like the new transition, if you want the old transition music back, or if I'm way overthinking this. But at the end of the day, I want this to be as pleasant of an experience from an auditory perspective as it possibly can be, given that I have, well... I have a face for radio, but I'm not quite sure I have that deep voice for radio. Uh, but I'm doing the best I can with what I've got to work with. So it is what it is. But, you know, definitely keep me posted and let me know. I am always uh, interested in the constructive feedback from people just like you. But thank you so much to everyone who has reached out to me this week, and it really sounds to me like this season of change theme that we're doing here on the podcast is really resonating with people. And so I am so glad to hear that. If you want to reach out to me, brian at thehomesteadjourney.net is my email address. So feel free to reach out to me and let me know, you know, positives, negatives. And, you know, if you want to reach out to me on any of our social media accounts, all of those links are in the description. Glad to hear from you, but thank you so much. And very excited to be back again here with season four. Let's jump on over to this week's Homestead Happenings, and I'll let you know what a little bit we've been up to here on 3B Farm and Homestead. All right, so that is the new transition music. Let me know if it's a little cheesy or if you like it. But uh, here on the Homestead this week, well, it is that time of the year where winter still just does not want to let go. And so we got a little bit of snow this week. And actually, we have, they've dialed it back a little bit from what they had forecasted. We were forecasted to get one to two feet uh, from Monday into Wednesday. So it's like supposed to be this long event that goes on forever. It's going to kind of be like the snowstorm that never ends. But <laughs> anyhow, um, they're, they've dialed that back a little bit, but it's just that time of the year where winter just doesn't want to let go. And I honestly didn't want winter to let go because I really was enjoying the snowboarding season. But this past Thursday night was my last night of lessons, and so now my thoughts have turned towards, well, spring and those kinds of things. Wednesday, I did have the opportunity to play a little bit of hooky. Uh, we went over to a mountain in Vermont called Bromley and just had an absolute blast with a buddy of mine. His name is Matt, and we just... 
we, I think, got in 22 runs, or no, I think 20 runs and 22 miles uh, total ridden. I've got an app on my phone that tracks that. So that was a lot of fun. But again, now my mind is really starting to switch over and think think spring. And, and while not a lot went on this week here on the homestead, one of the things I did want to share with you is something that I've been working on since last fall and I am very excited about. And that is that I am working with our local fair, the Washington County Fair, the best fair in all of fairdom. Yes, it is. And I am excited to share with you that we are going to be putting on a homesteading event. We're calling it the Southern Adirondack Homesteading Festival. And it is going to be taking place the weekend before Memorial Day. So that's going to be May 19th and 20th, I believe. And it's going to be just a wonderful event. We have a number of great speakers, both locally and some people that are coming in to share about different things from raising chickens to uh, bees to all of the things, all of the things. We're also going to be having people talk about how to market your homestead, the entrepreneurship side of homesteading. If you're wanting to have your homestead generate income, we've got uh, a class for pruning. We've got classes on seed saving. We have someone who's going to be talking about how she took her love of baking and turned it into a home-based business. We have people talking about meat rabbits and cidery and how to preserve things without electricity and how to make cheese and how to process chickens and uh, how to safely can. We've just got so much great stuff that's going to be taking place. And I am so excited about it. So that's May 19th and 20th. And I'm hoping in the next week, we're going to be opening up ticket sales. So definitely keep an eye out for that. I actually will be putting out an email when the ticket sales go live. So if you aren't already subscribed, go on over to the homesteadjourney.net slash newsletter, and then I will have links to all of you know how you can buy tickets and the schedule and the speakers and all of the stuff. So excited about it. And so that's going to be happening May 19th and 20th. So mark that on your calendar. If you live in the great Northeast or you have time to be able to get away from your homestead, uh, I think it's going to be a great, a great event. Now I realize it's not at the most ideal time. We actually had wanted to do it in April, but just the logistics of getting everything together, we opted to move it to May. But we'll see what the feedback is this year, and if people like it on that weekend, we'll keep it there, and if not, then we will maybe look to move it earlier in the year, but I'm so excited about it. Um, So again, if you have not already signed up for the newsletter, head on over to thehomesteadjourney.net slash newsletter, sign up for it, and I will make sure that you are one of the first to know when those ticket sales go live. So that's really it as far as what we've been doing here on the homestead. This coming week, things are really going to start to to gear up. Even though we do have that, that snowstorm inbound, I've got some things lined up that I'm excited to share with you for next week, as long as all of those things do come to fruition. Before we jump on over to this week's Charting the Course, I did want to say thank you so much to all of you who went on over to our YouTube channel and subscribed this week. My subs are creeping up there, certainly not at a thousand yet, but I saw a bounce this week. And so thank you so much to all of you who did head on over to youtube.com slash the homestead journey and subscribe. And if you haven't already done so, if you could do that, I really, really would appreciate it. Let's head on over to this week's Charting the Course. I am joined here in the studio today by none other than my lovely wife, Bonnie. Hi. 
Hey, welcome. Glad to have you. If you've been a longtime listener to this podcast, certainly Bonnie is no stranger. And this season, Bonnie will be joining me quite a bit more here on the podcast. And so I'm very, very excited about that. Thank you so much for joining me. Thanks for having me. And you're, well, you're kind of the reason, well, in part, uh, a big part of the reason why we are experiencing um, one of the major changes here on the homestead. And that is the fact that we have fairly recently, within the last several months, uh, adopted the Mediterranean diet. Um, And that's all your fault. Yes, it is. Doc said, why don't you try the Mediterranean diet? And so we said, yes, doc, yes, doc, three bags full, right? (laughs) But that's going to be a subject for a future episode. On this episode, we are going to share with you five things that you need to consider if you are going to change your style of eating and you're going to be successful at it. One of the things that really does draw people to homesteading is the ability to raise and grow their own food and to have some food security and to eat a healthier diet. Um, that's something that has been a big part of, of our uh, way of living. And well, certainly at times we've been better at it than others. Yeah. Um, that, that certainly has been a driving factor is to just eat a little bit better and eat a little bit more healthy. And so I certainly think that's something that draws people um, to homesteading, just this concept of raising and growing their own food. What do you think? Yeah, they choose to do homesteading and growing their own food because they know what's in it and they know what's not in it. I think for me, that's one of the big things um, is that I know what's not in my food. That's just, in, in some ways, I think that's more important to me than knowing what is in my food. Um, but there, there's a whole host of reasons that draw people to the idea of of homesteading. And, and as we said, a big part of that certainly is the food component. So certainly we want people to be successful in that journey, right? You know, uh, that's the whole goal of this podcast is to help people be successful on their journey towards self-sufficiency, self-reliance and sustainability. And we want people to be successful, whether it's getting into homesteading or if it's choosing a different style of eating, um, we want people to be successful in that. And one of the things, one of the big terms that we use when we think about styles of eating is it's kind of a four letter word, right? Diet. Diet. Yeah, it's almost like a curse word to us in our society, is it not? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> not fun. Definitely not fun. But a big part of that is because a lot of times when people think about dieting, they think about limiting what they can mm-hmm. eat. And it's just kind of got this negative connotation because it's like, it's no fun. I can't eat the things that I want to eat. Um, the foods that I can eat, they suck. <laughs> um, they're, they're, they're nasty. They're, they're tasteless. It's kind of misery, um, and it doesn't have to be that way. But part of that is because we look, I think, sometimes at diet maybe in the wrong way. So before we jump into the five things that you need to know to be successful when changing your style of eating, I wanted to kind of define some terms because I kind of break things down into like three categories, and, and I'm not a dietitian. Um, you're not a dietitian either. No. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're people that like food and sometimes, uh, at least speaking for me, I'm not going to, you know, with age comes wisdom, I'm not, not going to speak for you. That's right. Because you want to be happy. That's right. Um, but sometimes maybe we like food a little bit too much. In fact, a couple of years ago, uh, I was at the doctor's and there for a checkup and the doctor said to me, I think it was the doctor, the nurse, I think it was a nurse. I stepped on the scale and she said to me, Mr. Wells, um, you're not obese but you don't need to gain any more weight. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, I did not heed the advice, um, but certainly uh, there have been times when I, I've liked food way more than I should have, and uh, and I've needed a diet. But But I kind of look at a diet from the standpoint of something that you do temporarily, right? You, you go on a diet for maybe to lose weight for that summer beach bod, you know, want to slip into, you know, the, the vacation clothes, whether it's your, uh, 
teeny weeny, uh, itsy bitsy yellow polka dot bikini. Or did I get that wrong? Uh, t- whatever. Whatever. Um, like, I just will not be wearing it though. <laughs> oh man. I, I need to come up with a, oh, that's a good sound effect there. I need the, wah, wah, wah. no, no, that's not either. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I have to, I have to program that one in here, but there's other reasons why people might go on a diet for a short term. And it could be things like trying to do an elimination diet where you're trying to figure out some sources of an inflammation, um, or some health problems that you're having. And so, you know, people will cut out things like gluten or things like dairy or, you know, just a whole host of other things from that elimination perspective. But with a diet, the whole point is that a diet is not meant for, at least in my mind, it's not a long-term thing, right? Yeah. Yeah. A diet is like, if you're wanting to lose a certain amount of pounds, you mean you're heavier than you've ever been in your life and you don't want to carry that weight around anymore. Um, Yeah. Like you go on a diet and and then, and then, you know, and unfortunately, a lot of times then what happens is people end up going back to just the old ways of eating and they pack the pounds on. But, but the second category in my mind that exists are diet like plans. Um, and that would be things like Nutrisystem or Noom, which is, I think, more of a more modern one. Weight Watchers is another one. These are ones where you are maybe buying into a particular system. You are buying particular types of food, maybe slim fast shakes. But there certainly is a cost component to those. Jenny Craig. Atkins. uh, Atkins is another one. I wouldn't necessarily consider those long-term solutions. Um, I think they're things that are, again, meant – I I think most people aren't going to be able to afford them long-term. I don't know. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah. And they're going to get sick of the food, I would think. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It doesn't sound too, you know – good to me to be eating bars and drinking shakes and you know um you would definitely feel like um that you were being punished i guess or put on no an elimination like, diet for sure ah! yeah. yeah yeah oh come on yeah no. i mean yeah. And, and I'm not talking negative about those. If you've been on Jenny Craig and it's worked for you, if you've been on Noom and it works for you or whatever, I, I certainly am not bashing them. And I don't even know what they cost. Um, they, they may be very, very reasonable. But certainly if you're looking to be more self-sufficient, more self-reliant, more sustainable, I certainly don't think those diet plans fit within that, at least from my perspective. You're talking a lot of processed food. You're talking a lot of foods that are shipped in from you know, other locations and you really don't have great control over what goes into them. I'm not saying that they're bad. I'm certainly not saying that at all, but you know, again, from a homesteading perspective and especially from a long-term perspective, I don't see those as being sustainable. That's just my personal opinion. Yeah. And I think, you know, like each one of them would have, um, a different artificial sweetener in there. You know, potential, um, a um, lot of maybe, maybe chemicals because that's what makes them, you know, less calories. So again, not bashing them, but certainly in the context of a homestead journey, I'm not sure they fit well, but there is a concept that was rather new to us. And that is a concept. We discovered this once we got into the Mediterranean diet and we were sort of diving into that, trying to understand it. We got into some groups um, on Facebook and we ran across an acronym, W-O-E. Now, what does W-O-E stand for? Way of eating. What does that mean? Why do I like the term way of eating better than the the term diet? Because you're you're choosing to change it and it's change the things you eat. You're gonna eat differently and it's more long term. You're gonna make it a lifestyle for you. Yeah, I think that's a key word there. It's lifestyle. It, it's really looking at food differently, I think. Um and it again, it becomes this way of life. You know, we call it way of eating, you know, but it's really a way of life. Really, it ends up becoming more than just 
um, I can't have this or I can't have that. But really the goal is to, to change the way you look at food. And so I think within the concept of way of eating, you know, that that's where you would run into things like vegetarian, veganism, um, you know, carnivore diet. Uh, I'm trying to think of some of the other big gluten ones. Gluten-free. Yeah, gluten-free as a big one. Um, paleo, keto. Uh, I'm, I'm not even going to be able to name name all of them. But then there's the DASH diet, the Mayo Clinic diet, and then, of course, the Mediterranean diet. And certainly we're not going to go into all of those. Again, we're not dietitians, But all of those come at this from a more holistic approach, at least in my mind. Now, some of them are elimination diets, like you are eliminating things like uh, carbohydrates. Um, you know, so you're on a low carb diet or, you know, sometimes you're on a high carb diet, um, you know, kind of depending on, on the diet that you're on, you know, a lot of meat, no meat, um, you know, all of them have their, their nuances, but at the end of the day, it, it just comes down to a way of eating. And so from, from my perspective, and maybe it's just mind games to me, that's certainly a more positive thing than that four letter word diet. Yes. Yeah. Oh, come on. So my goal on this episode, if I remember to press the right button, is anytime we say the word diet, you're going to hear. Oh, come on. And instead, we're going to try to go with the more positive way of eating. All right. So positive reinforcement, negative reinforcement here. <laughs> but let's just dive right into it. So all of that is kind of to set up how can we be successful if we're going to choose a different way of eating? Um, and, and we have, we're in this Mediterranean diet thing. And, and on the next episode, we're going to talk about why the Mediterranean diet and why not other particular, oh, oh come on! so the Mediterranean way of eating. Yeah, there we go. Um, but why we chose to go that route and instead of choosing other ways of eating, um, but that's for the next episode. Today, we want to give you five tips on how you can be successful as you change your approach to, and it may be that you are brand new to homesteading. And so the concept of raising and growing your own food is something brand new to you. And so just that fact of, of getting away from all of the processed foods and just eating more of what you've raised and grown, that may be a huge change for you. And that's a change in your way of eating. And that's a huge positive thing. Um, but maybe you're somebody like us who you've been doing this for a while and you've got to be a little bit more strict or you're, you've got to go on to something that's a little bit more structured. And so we want to help you be successful. And this is really talking to us as well. This is kind of cheerleading us on to say, okay, how can we ensure that we're successful in this endeavor? And we're going to be sharing this with you, you know, our trials and travails, our ups and downs, our struggles um, throughout this season, uh, season four here of the Homestead Journey podcast. So number one on our list is accountability. Um, and and I guess maybe that's a, a, a tough one or even a little bit of a negative one to start yeah. off with. But I think if you're going to be successful in uh, changing the way you eat, so your way of eating, whoo, um, accountability is certainly going to be something, and positive accountability, I think, is something that's going to be very helpful. Um, so talk to me just a little bit about that and how you're finding accountability. Certainly, I'm not running around because I'm – with age comes wisdom. There's a little bit of gray hair over these temples. Um, so I'm certainly not hounding you, but there have been times when I've provided you with a little bit of accountability and you've provided me with a little bit of accountability. Um, yeah, I don't, I feel that it's not fair to ask him, um, to be my accountability person. It's just asking for trouble. <laughs> And, and I'm smart enough to know that. Um, so I have to find, for me, accountability is is very important for my success in this. Um, and and I'm going to say that I've been in on other diet plans and and I've had that accountability. So I know that accountability is very important to me. Um, so what I've 
been, you know, thinking about is why not overlap a diet plan with this way of eating? Yes. And diet plan. So I guess diet plan does have the word diet, but it's not just diet. So we're we're not going to do the um, every time that we say diet plan. But the one diet plan that I do personally feel can fit into kind of the homesteading lifestyle um, is Weight Watchers. And that's something that you were involved with before uh, COVID. And then COVID happened. And unfortunately, the group that you were meeting with um, kind of fell apart and no longer exists. And then there's just been a lot of other, you know, other factors that kind of came into it. But really what you're doing is you're stacking this diet plan of Weight Watchers on top of the Mediterranean diet way of eating to provide you with a level of accountability. Yeah, because um, with Weight Watchers, they they already have it, you know, like all set up. They have foods that you can look up. Um and values for the food. So your fruits and vegetables, some of them like are zero points. And like sugars, they're going to be higher in points. And so it's going to cost you more. And so you're going to tend to stay away from those. And if you're keeping track of it um, and trying to stay within a certain number, um, that's going to make you think twice about having that cookie or or even having that how many cookies you're having or how much um red meat you're eating um because if if I didn't have any accountability you know I would just go back to the old ways of eating and the old snacks that I used to eat and um you know just mindless snacking yeah now for me to be frank um I I don't think I'm not going to say never because I've I've learned a long time ago never to say never, but I don't think that the framework of Weight Watchers would work well for me simply because I would just find that very, very irritating. And in fact, if you look into different, and I'm going to call them ways of eating, um, especially if you, if you Google them, uh, I think it's US News has kind of like the top 25 diets. And uh, (laughs) this is fun. Um, but they have the top 25 diets and one of the major downsides to a lot of them is that it can be tedious in the portioning and keeping track of a lot of, you know, the points and all of those kinds of things. And that's a big part of what Weight Watchers is all about. And so for me, I would find that to be very, very irritating and and it wouldn't lend itself to long-term success. But for you, that level of accountability is important, right? Yeah, and I was very successful in losing weight and um, having more energy and exercising more just through the accountability that that brought, like through the meetings and through the online keeping points and things. And certainly, I don't want anybody to think that this uh, episode in any way, shape or form is sponsored by uh, Weight Watchers. Uh, Now, if Weight Watchers wants to sponsor this episode, certainly hit me up, Brian at thehomesteadjourney.net. More than happy to uh, take uh, some sponsorship dollars, but uh, it certainly has been something for you that has provided a level of accountability. Now, again, it doesn't have to be a diet plan. Um, that provides people the level of accountability. You know, if you're, if you go on to a way of eating, um, with, uh, you know, your family or with friends, um, you certainly can find accountability one with another, but certainly I think that is something that's going to be helpful. And also just really understanding how strict you want to be, you're going to be, I think that plays into the level of accountability that you're going to need. Um, but certainly step one, or I guess, Item number one, if you're going to be successful, in my opinion, in our opinion, is that you do need a level of accountability. The second thing on our list is support. Um, If you are going to be successful in adopting a new way of eating, you've got to have support. And I'm certainly not going to break my arm trying to pat myself on the back, but when we decided that we were going to go on to the Mediterranean diet, okay, the Mediterranean way of eating... Um, 
we decided that we were going to do it as a family. Um, we weren't going to have you cook uh, a meal for you and a meal for Brian, Jay, and I. We just mm-hmm. didn't feel like that was helpful. Um, and so we have tried to jump into this and be a support system to you from that regard. And I think that's something that if people want to adopt a particular way of eating, they need to have that kind of support. You know, if you've got a family where somebody's trying to do paleo and somebody else is trying to do keto and somebody else is trying to do, you know, veganism and somebody else is, you know, like it just gets very, very confusing for sure. You know, and I think it's going to be very difficult for anybody to achieve success. Yeah. Uh, Our son, he is even on board with this somewhat. Um, I was trying out the new recipes and everything. He's like, oh, mom, this is so good. Where did you get this recipe from? And um, and then I kept for like a week, I was doing like trying different recipes and whatever. And and I tried not to use that four-letter word, diet. Oh, come on! Because in the past, he did not respond very well Um to not having the Doritos in the cabinet um, and things like that. So I was kind of tiptoeing around that. I said, you know, this is our, we're going to just start eating, you know, like they do in the Mediterranean. Um, And these types of meals are going to be what we're going to be eating. And then I tried to explain to him, you know, and he likes most of the meals he likes and he's on board. Yeah, and and certainly we have not been one hundred percent compliant. For us, it's been the the concept of a way of eating, so it's a little bit more broad. Also, it's something that we've been easing into, and we'll talk about that, um, you know, on further episodes. But we weren't about to go take all of the food that we had in the cupboards and and throw them out. It was just a matter of okay, we'll work through something that maybe isn't necessarily compliant with the Mediterranean style of eating, I guess, Mediterranean way of eating. And, but then we're not going to replace it. And and we're going to talk on future episodes about how it's affecting what we're going to raise and grow on the homestead this year. Um, Because certainly what you want to eat, and I've talked about this in the past, you know, raise and grow what you're going to eat, what you like to eat. And so I'm going to try to take my own words of wisdom (laughs) <laughs> and and apply them, but to really focus on more on growing the things that are within you know the realm of of the Mediterranean uh, way of eating, and also um, being more intentional, like how we preserve them, mm-hmm. whether it be drying them, freezing them, canning, because we found that since we didn't do that um, last year. Um, to match this way of eating, um, it's been very, it's been pretty expensive. And I feel horrible about going to the store and buying a pepper or um, like zucchini. I'm like, wow, I could have grown that in the garden or more of that in the garden. That really leads well into the third thing you need to consider if you're going to be successful long term. And that's really affordability. Um, affordability of a, a either a diet or oh, come on! A, a diet plan um, is, is going to be key. And one of the things that we found is that it was a bad time to make that change uh, from the standpoint of time of year, because we made this change after the guard was passed, after everything was preserved. At, you know, long after we had made decisions with regards to what we were going to raise and grow in the garden. And so over the winter, um, the, those choices in combination with the fact that food right now is just very, very expensive. And there always has been a cost to eating real food, which is something I've talked about a lot on this podcast. Um, the affordability factor is certainly a, a huge one. Yeah. Um, not to say that we've done everything wrong. Um, I'm loving now that you have helped me learn that I can do um, the turkey broth, um, interchange it. I'm using 
that more because we didn't process our chickens this year because we lost so many of the young ones. I don't have any chicken broth left, but we did turkey broth. And I feel like I'm saving money there and I'm not going out and buying, you know, um, I'm really using it. I'm not buying the turkey broth. And um, as far as like the tomatoes and that's some things we did right. Yeah, definitely. Now, if I would have known, because I, I did cut back a little bit on tomatoes last year, and last year wasn't a great year for tomatoes to begin with. We just, it was, it was an odd year for, for vegetables last year, but I would have grown more tomatoes because the Mediterranean diet, a lot I shouldn't say the Mediterranean diet, but a lot of recipes within the Mediterranean diet use tomatoes almost to the point to where you can kind of get sick of tomatoes. Yeah. Um, but yeah. You know, definitely I would have grown more tomatoes last year um, had I known that we were going to be making this transition. But again, that's more topic for another episode. The fact is, regardless of whether or not it's a Mediterranean diet or whether or not you're doing, you know, keto or you're doing paleo or you're doing the carnivore diet or vegetarian or whatever it is, whatever particular way of eating... Uh, you are following the the fact is that homesteading I think can play a role in the the affordability factor, yeah. um, especially if you are wanting to eat high quality fresh uh, ingredients. And so there's going to be some things that we're going to change this year. And again, we're going to share them on future episodes. There's going to be some things we're going to add. We're going to take away uh, here on the homestead. We're going to do some different ways of growing things here on the homestead, but all in an effort to drive the cost of this way of eating down. So the fourth uh, thing that we want to talk about from the standpoint of achieving success is you need to take in consideration when you're adopting a new way of eating, the lifestyle impacts, right? So when you change your way of eating, it's going to have positive and it also can have negative effects on your lifestyle. And you need to, to take that into consideration if you're going to have long-term success. Um, if you are somebody who finds the, the way of eating to be a drudgery, uh, or you're following some kind of a, a diet plan and you find that to be a drudgery, your chances of a long-term success, I mean, it's just logical. You know, I'm, I'm not really breaking any new ground here, but it's just logical that your chances of long-term success are are going to be probably slim to none. Yeah. And you're when you lose that weight, you're not going to maintain it if that purpose of losing weight um, – yeah, if, if your goal is to lose weight, you're probably just going to pack it back on because you're going to fall off the bandwagon. You're going to go back to bad habits. You're, you know, maybe it's going to be one bag of Doritos comes in and then it's two bags of Doritos. And then, you you, you know, um, what, whatever it is, whatever your particular vice is, um, you're going to fall. And, and, and again, level of compliance and so on and so forth, you know, that's, that's totally up to you. Not This is a no judgment zone here. Um, but certainly we want you to have long-term success. And so you have to factor in the effects that these things are going to have on your lifestyle. And are you willing to, to, you know, to make those changes? Now, sometimes you have no choice, you know, sometimes there is a health reason, you know, there's an allergy or whatnot, and you have to do what you have to do. Um, but by and large, you know, you really do need to think through before you jump on the bandwagon of any particular way of eating, what the positive and the negative impacts are going to be on your lifestyle. Yeah. And I feel like there are enough, um, examples or ways of eating out there that you could find one that fits you or like create your own. Yeah. You know, there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, no, that that's definitely a great point. Um, we're certainly not advocating. Well, we're, we've chosen to follow the Mediterranean um, way of eating. I avoided the D word there. Um, since we've chosen to follow that, we're certainly not advocating that everybody else do that. Um, that's what we found is, is we feel is right for us. And was suggested to us. It was suggested to us, almost prescribed uh, to you. We're certainly not saying that's the way that you have to eat or 
it's just, that's what we've chosen to do. And so I think it is important to figure out what's important to you. And that really leads into our final point. And that is, and this is something that Weight Watchers was very, very um, keen on. And that is understand your why. When you choose a way of eating, you've got to understand your why. Yeah, because if you don't keep that in your the forefront, you're going to easily slip back into what you've always done, into your bad habits. But if you remind yourself of your why, why you're doing that, and you're seeing success and accomplishing those goals, you're going to keep doing it. Definitely. And so as we think about some of the whys that people might um, choose a new way of eating. Some of the ones that come to my mind are things like religious and ethical reasons. So maybe somebody decides to adopt a new religion. And so with that comes certain dietary restrictions. And so that's going to drive uh, how somebody eats or what somebody eats. Uh, But certainly there can be ethical concerns. A friend of ours, a dear friend of ours, became a vegetarian because she saw a documentary on the commercial meat supply and she was like, I can't support this any longer. And so she became a vegetarian. And she's not become a militant individual that tells everybody else what they have to do and what they can and cannot eat. That's not her at all. But she has chosen that just over ethical reasons. And and I totally respect that. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's her why. Um, another reason why people may choose a new way of eating, in particular, get into home setting. We already talked about this, but is food security. Maybe they, they've been to the grocery store. They've seen empty shelves. They're like, I don't want to rely on processed foods any longer because who knows if I'm going to be able to get them. Or they look at the the ingredient list on some of those processed foods and like, I don't want that. Um, But certainly food security or a desire for a healthier diet certainly could drive somebody to choose a new way of eating. Another major driver, and this is one that we've already talked about, and that's weight loss. Um, I think, you know, that really does play into a lot of people when they decide that I've been packing on pounds and I'm not doing this anymore. They go to the doctor and the doctor says, uh, Mr. So-and-so, uh, <laughs> you're not obese, but uh, you don't need to gain any more weight. Um, but they may be obese and they're like, no, I'm done with this. You know, I, I've, I've got to take better care of myself. Um, and certainly for me, as we went on this, the weight, whole weight loss thing was not um, a consideration. I was doing it more to support you, but I've lost weight. Um, in fact, I jumped on the scale yesterday just to see how much I'd lost and I I don't track it every day. I don't get on the scale every week, but I I was actually, um, I was, I was actually surprised. I, I, I'm down quite, quite a few pounds. And, and the thing is, is people have, have noticed it. They've said to me, Oh, you, you've lost some weight. Um, and you've lost weight as well. Um, as we've gone on to this, not quite as fast, um, but, and it's not a race. It's not a competition. No, no, uh, no. But, but, you know, that certainly is um, a component to it. Yeah, and, and that- as you as you lose the weight, um, other things, blood pressure goes down, your blood sugar changes. If you have diabetes, you know, that changes, and you have more energy. So, yeah, that's helpful there. And that really leads into the fourth reason why people might want to uh, find a new way of eating, and that's health-related things. Um, so people may find that they have a gluten intolerance or celiac. gluten sensitivity, celiac disease, mm-hmm. um, or lactose intolerant. Um, you know, uh, Rachel, you know your sister, our sister-in-law, mm-hmm. I guess we should say, she's lactose intolerant. So that affects you know what she can eat from the standpoint of you know dietary things. Um, and in your case, it was that you were diagnosed as pre-diabetic. And so that was a health concern. I, I, when, when the doctor prescribed this, um, you know, as a, as a way of eating, I was like, well, if that's what the doctor says, and that's going to help keep you around, um, then I'd like to probably keep you around. 
what a guy. He's yeah, that's exactly what he said. He's like, I want I want you to be around for a few more years, at least a few more years. But then as we got through the winter and I started seeing the cost of the grocery bill, then I started to rethink that because as a farmer, it's like when you have an animal, a cow or a sow, and you're like pumping a lot of money into them, there comes a point in time to where it's like, do I just send it off to the slaughterhouse? And- Living on the edge. <laughs> Living on the edge. Oh, yes. That was good. Uh, no, it wasn't. I'll be sleeping on the couch tonight. But no, um, certainly, you know, health concerns is a big part of the reason why. And all of those are good reasons. But there's a fifth reason that sometimes people use as their why. And in my opinion, this is the worst reason why someone might choose a new way of eating. What is that reason? A fad. Absolutely. Uh, you know, people jump on diets and and it almost becomes a status symbol. Um, it it, it kind of drives me nuts. And, you know, the, the joke is, you know, how do you know if somebody's vegetarian? Uh, don't worry about it. They'll, they'll let you know. Uh, <laughs> but, but some people, I mean, it really does. It becomes a, a fad and almost a, a status symbol. And I think that's a really, really poor reason. Now, at the end of the day, if that works for you and it gets you eating healthier, okay, great. But I just don't see that as being a great why to achieve long-term success if you are going to change your way of eating uh, on a permanent basis. And I see it happen even in the homesteading community where, you know, a particular influencer will be doing the GAPS diet or the AIP diet. Oops. I got, got it two of those. Um, and, you know, and so people are like, well, so-and-so is doing that. I've got to jump on it. Well, they may be doing it for some health-related reasons that you don't have. They may be doing it. And I'm not saying it's a bad thing. Don't Don't get me wrong. But again, if you're just doing it because other people are doing it, that, in my opinion, is just a really, really poor reason. Yeah, um, you're not going to be too judgmental. You're not going to stick with it because when they change the way they eat, you're going to change the way you eat. Yeah. And, and I think that if you're not coming into it with the right reasons, understanding the why in the most positive way, you're going to find whatever way of eating or whatever diet oh, come on! to be a drudgery and you're just not going to achieve long-term success. And I, certainly uh, the why is going to apply to homesteading in general, um, understanding you know the reasons why you're doing homesteading is going to help you keep going when the crops don't come up, when the animals die. And we've talked about that on past episodes. But as we think specifically about this change for us here uh, on our homestead this year, I think it's going to be very, very important that we keep in mind why we're doing this. Why did we adopt this way of eating? Because that's going to help us when we maybe are going to be a little tempted to And I'm not necessarily going to say stray because again, we're not approaching this from being 100% compliant and, you you know, we've gone to people's houses and uh, my my mom and dad's house, my aunt Vanessa's house, and they knew that we had adopted the, the Mediterranean way of eating and they were like, well, what can you eat? We're like, no, 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 that's not what this is about. You know, we're coming to your house. We don't have any kind of physical problems from the standpoint of, you know, a lactose intolerance or gluten intolerance, like we're not going to hurt, um, as a result of, you know, whatever you, you serve us. So no, it's not about that. You know, for us, this is a way of eating. This is what we choose to do, but we're not going to try to force this on other people and go to their house and be like, Oh, you have to do this. Um, and that's not to say that, again, with our sister-in-law, Rachel, you know, she comes to our house. We know that she's lactose intolerant. Right. So we, you know, we make mashed potatoes that are specifically for her. And, you know, we will make things without cheese specifically for her. We try to be sensitive to that because for her, it's not just a choice, mm-hmm. um, but there are it's not consequences if she eats the certain. Yeah. Exactly. So, you know, we try to be sensitive to that, but in our case, it's not that. Right. And so, um, yeah, just as long as we don't like go over there 
too much, you know, because the blood work, <laughs> the blood work would come back, you know, yeah. it would not be what the doc would want it to be. <laughs> exactly. 100%. And so, but again, it's, yeah. it's really looking at it and I, and I've really so much found the concept of way of eating very helpful. And it's, and it's helped me, it's helped me as we've gone and we're still going through this transition to not allow this to be a negative thing or something that, you know, kind of grates on my nerves and, and gets me upset. Um, but it, it's really helped frame it in a more positive way for me. And so hopefully people will find that concept If they find nothing else here helpful. Hopefully they'll find that concept, um, a helpful one. So anyhow, let's just kind of run through it real quick to, to summarize thing. If you're going to have long-term success as you adopt the new way of eating, you're going to need accountability. You're going to need support. You're going to need to take into consideration affordability and do what you can to make it affordable. If it's uh, you know something that's going to stretch your budget, uh, you need to consider your lifestyle impacts, both positive and negative. But most importantly, you need to understand your why. You need to be doing this for the right reasons, not jumping on a fad. And so, Bonnie, any closing words of wisdom that you'd like to offer people before we sign off? I would just reiterate, you know, the why. Like, know your why. That's going to keep you on track and keep you doing that. Um, Keep you from straying or eating, you know, too many cookies or too much ice cream in my case. I love ice cream. So like, yeah, so I wanted ice cream. So I'm going to settle for sherbet tonight it's because I have to think about like my why. Um, and instead so, of having a half a gallon. Yeah, of like sherbet. I, yeah, and I want to eat. I feel like I could eat, you know, emotional eating. It's been a rough day for me. Um, like emotional eating. I want to just have a whole half gallon, a half gallon of ice cream. Um but I'm going to have the sherbet and not a half gallon of it. All so. right. So again, making some good choices here. Not 100% compliant choices. But that's okay. But that's okay. That's okay. It's, it's way okay. And uh, so that's what we're doing here. And I hope that uh, you found this helpful. If you've got any questions or comments, reach out to me, brian at thehomesteadjourney.net. You can also reach out to us via our social media accounts, All of those are in the show notes. If you've got any kind of comments or questions, I'd love to hear from you. If you feel like we've missed the boat on this, let me know that as well. I'd be more than happy to correct the record. All right. Thanks so much, babe, for being here. Looking forward to the next one. On the next episode, we're going to be talking about the Mediterranean way of eating and why we chose that. Until next time, everybody, thanks so much for joining us and keep up the good work.